If you are a longtime listener of this program, you know um, how I feel about uh, Elon Omar. And it has nothing to do with her heritage or her religion. It has everything to do with um, with who she is, how she got here, the marriage of her brother, all of this stuff, the coziness uh, with the attorney general, Keith Ellison, in uh, Minnesota, and what I think is being done in Minnesota to the good immigrants that are coming from hell holes and now afraid to speak out in their own uh, in their own neighborhoods uh, because nothing's changed. It's it's the same people running their neighborhoods that were running their country in some cases. Now, what are you going to do about it? Is anybody going to investigate her? Well, there's news on that front. We'll get to in a, in a few minutes. But there's also an election coming up, and uh, Elon Omar, her seat is up. And uh, where are you going to find a Republican that could possibly replace this Muslim, well-spoken, well-educated, beautiful woman? How, how are you going to compete? Well, another well-educated, really well-spoken, beautiful Muslim woman has stepped to the plate. Her name is Dahlia Al-Akidi, uh, Al and she is actually from Saddam Hussein. She fled uh, Iraq under Saddam Hussein. She became an American citizen, and she takes it really seriously. Dahlia is running for her seat. Uh, her email or her website is DahliaForCongress.com. I wanted to introduce you to her. Hi, Dahlia. How are you? Good morning. You made me smile. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. Uh, so, Dahlia, you're running in Minnesota against somebody who is connected to the the power, um, who has gotten away with a whole bunch of stuff, and a, in a society that I can't imagine looks on a Republican fondly. How are you going to win? Uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me uh, on your show. Sure. Um, Elhan Omar didn't really have a uh, a real uh, opponent when she ran in 2016. Um, that's where I come in. Um, I believe that she's doing irreparable harm to Minnesota and to uh, just you stated it to her own people and to the U.S. in general. Um, I'm qualified because we come from similar backgrounds, but we couldn't be furthermore. She uses her accusation, her ready accusations. Every time you criticize her for not doing her job as a representative for the 5th District of Minnesota, she has her ready accusations. You're either anti-immigrant, you're either anti-Muslim, you're anti-refugees, and so and so and so and we all, America, uh, got uh, 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 really used to her accusations. So what I bring into the table that I neutralize her uh, rhetoric. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am a woman. We came from similar backgrounds. Uh, I use my life experience to expose oppression and boost uh, uh, and boost the U.S. and the the land of the free, while she does the op the the opposite. The residents of her of our district now want actual results. 
they don't want scandals. They don't want sound bites. Um, what I bring to the table is I bring issues with my international um, journalistic background, helped me and gave me the ability to connect with wide uh, variety of people from different backgrounds and different outlets. So I'm here and I will be running for the next 10 months to represent all of the people in the district. And I would not say I would represent the Muslims. I would not say I would represent the Jews. I would represent every resident of this district, regardless of his or her faith, color, or political affiliate. So you left persecution uh, by Saddam Hussein. Can you tell me a little bit about what that was like, the persecution, and leaving without anything? Oh, God, this is, uh, this is hard. I mean, um, no matter how people read and, and search about it, it's so different than what you living as a young adult under a, a tyranny. Um, Saddam Hussein was a brutal dictator. We had to flee the country. My mother, my little brother, a toddler, and I, under uh, uh, under very secretive circumstances that we didn't even tell. I didn't even tell my favorite grandmother. I didn't tell anybody. We had to flee in order to be free. Uh, uh, people don't understand how it is to live under uh, uh, tyranny under oppression. People don't understand it. People don't appreciate freedom until they lose it. And but you were kind of part of a of an underground, if you will. You you know or knew Christopher Stevens. He was the U.S. ambassador to Libya that was killed in Benghazi, and and he actually helped you become politically active uh, in Libya. Is that right? Uh, no. Let, let me just correct. Uh, okay. a, a few things. I've met uh, right after we fled Iraq, I was extremely uh, active uh, against uh, Saddam's regime and, and the, against the uh, the dictatorship right. of, of, of Saddam Hussein. I've met Chris Stevens, who became a very good friend of mine in Saudi Arabia. Back then, he was uh, uh, appointed in uh, the U.S. Embassy in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's the one who convinced me that a person like me with dreams, with ambitions, should flourish in the United States of America. And he's the one who worked so hard to get us to the United States, and and that's why when uh, the Benghazi um, uh, the Benghazi uh, catastrophe yeah. was extremely personal to me, and that's why when uh, when the the incident happened at the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad, it was for me. I was on my toes looking. And I was so proud of President Trump that he took the the right decision. And sorry, he disappointed the liberals because we did not have a second Benghazi. President Trump took the right decision uh, to protect the U.S. embassy, to protect us, because it was an attack on a U.S. soil. So, Delia, if I may, I just I'm going to run out of time. And and I know we're going to spend more time on TV tonight, but I I. I want to ask you, so you're a you're an American citizen and on the outside, 
if you look at uh, Elon Omar and and what the outside would say about her district, it's a very closed off community. Um, and and you would assume because she represents them not loving America. It, what is the discontent that you see in that district that would take a refugee that lived the same life? You have, I mean, you have everything in common except you don't hate America. It is uh, it, uh, no? Let me let me correct it. Except I love America. Yes. Yes. So so um, what so is it? What is the actual temperature on the ground of that district? Who are they and what do they like? And uh, and is there buyer's remorse with Elon? What What is happening on the ground there? Not anymore. Not anymore. People, people are really tired of her hatred. People are tired of her not doing anything for the uh, for the district. She, uh, if you look at her record, she didn't have anything uh, to offer to her district but scandals. Uh, the people of, of the district really need somebody that serves them. The residents want actual results. Uh, sorry, results. They want uh, they want somebody uh, who uh, who could serve them. Yes, uh, there is a big Somali community in in this district. But do you think that all of them are no. behind her? No, this is absolutely not because. He's, I mean, she's harming them before harming anybody else. I agree. The, uh, the community, uh, they don't want to sit in their houses and waiting for handouts. Uh, uh, they have educated people, that they have hardworking people, that they need to, to, uh, to improve their lives, not waiting for a hand to throw them a bone here or throw them a bone there. And that's um, th- that I would blame them a-, a bit on the main, not a bit, a lot on the mainstream media because they do not portray the residents of the, uh, of the district as well as you have more liberals there than any, probably in any other state, I mean, in any other district, which makes my, my, my work hard. Uh, but, these people as well want a better life. We mm-hmm. have in, in the district, we have an extremely important issue, uh, which is uh, security and safety. The streets of this district is not safe anymore. People are, uh, are worried to send their kids to school. This is number one. This is this is number one on my platform that if you want that better education and if you want better uh, uh, better health everything sounds good but number one feel safe to to walk in the uh, in the street feel mm-hmm. feel safe that you're protected Elhan Omar is calling to abolish police and is calling to minimize the police presence uh, presence in in uh, in the district streets how can I send my kid to school if I know that he could get killed? And the and 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 by the way, the crime rate in the district is going high, and somebody needs to stop it. We have gangs. We have problems on the streets of our district. 
Dahlia um, yeah. Alakidi uh, is the name of the candidate that is running for uh, Elon Omar's seat. She is a proud immigrant who loves America. She is a conservative Republican uh, and really kind of tailor-made uh, for, for this exact race. We wish you uh, all the luck. If you would like to find out more about her district and more about uh, if you can get involved or you can help, it's DahliaForCongress.com. That's D-A-L-I-A for Congress.com. Dahlia, thank you so much. We'll have more of a conversation uh, later uh, at uh, 5 o'clock, and I want to kind of get into some of the Elon Omar stuff. Uh, Welcome to the uh, program. Let me just give you a couple of uh, stories uh, that to me seem pretty obvious. Uh, the Irish Post is reporting today, study finds people have less sex after the Pope visits. That falls into the category of, gee, you think so? I mean, after the Pope visits, they have less sex? Yeah. Why is that a, an obvious? Uh, for me? Yeah. I mean, I say, well, I mean, I've never been in church and thought, man... I'm feeling quite randy. <laughs> no. I... And I've and I've been around the Pope and mm-hmm. the the thoughts of I got to get back home and have some se- just doesn't I believe though uh there's a an encouragement to have a large family, right? I mean, I, I, that's kind of part of the traditions, I would say, of Catholicism. Well, what they're finding now is that he is birth control. Okay, so when he goes in, this is according to the Irish Post. Uh, a study from the University of Brighton found that when he goes in to a place and he talks to people, abortion rates decline up to a fifth in the 14 months following a visit from him. Now, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. At all. That's great. Because, you you know, maybe you'd be thinking about that in a more moral terms rather than pragmatic terms. Mm-hmm. So they also found that birth uh, birth rates... Uh, you know, nine months later and, and, uh, and eight, up to 18 months later uh, are, uh, are stabilized uh, and, uh, and maybe even a little down. And they think that's because people are either using birth control because, you know, uh, well, I guess Catholics can't do that. I mean, yeah. They're not they, supposed to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they think that it's, it's either contraception or, uh, and being more responsible or, or, or just having less sex. We should have the Pope like just set up shop in Hollywood. Wouldn't that be great? Just all the time. <laughs> Move the Vatican to Hollywood. <laughs> it is, I think it, it, might, it might. It might help. No more child stars. Yeah, uh, but that's going to save us a lot of headlines in TMZ later on. That's the good thing. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Of course, this Pope probably would fit in. He'd be at Spago's. <laughs> you know what I mean, taking meetings, wearing sunglasses. You're like, aren't you the Pope? Yeah, babe. Don't worry about it. Chill. Relax. Take your tie off. Take that weird collar off. <laughs> Isn't it weird that there's two popes? The guy that, that we have two living popes. It's very. Are you rare. watching that show? The no, two I, popes? I've no. been hearing about it though. Have okay. you watched it? No, I haven't watched it. I think it's interesting. Like he came out uh, the the not the one that's in office. I'm, I'm, these yeah, are, I'm uh, not Benedict. Catholic, obviously. The, Benedict. <laughs> yeah, Benedict came out. Yeah. And was like, yeah, no, we shouldn't get rid of that whole uh, that whole no sex thing. We should keep that around. And the other, uh, the, the new guy, yeah, is like, yeah, you know what? In certain areas, it's all right, maybe, I think. I think it's totally good. In fact, I think it's better for the Catholic Church if they would drop that. You know, that whole thing was started 
You know, they say it's because of Peter. It wasn't started because of Peter. It was started because um, the popes would give land to the local priests. And so the local priests would become landowners, blah, blah, blah. And then when they died, they would just re-gift it to the next priest. If you had a family, then the the church would lose control of the land, etc., etc. That's really why it started back in really? the old corrupt days. Hmm. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. And then they said, hey, Peter said don't have, you know... <laughs> no more kids? No more kids. That's an extreme <laughs> solution to that problem. Yeah, that's weird. Hmm. Uh, anyway... Welcome to the uh, program. Uh, I got to get to the big controversy that is happening on the Senate uh, floor right now. It is, oh man, one of these one of these rules, one of these new rules that the uh, that the Republicans just won't let go of. And how are you going to get a fair trial? I'll explain that rule here in just a second. First, I want to go to David Steinberg. He is an investigative reporter, uh, and uh, he is. Uh, he has been on the Elon Omar story, and we wanted to give uh, a highlight to a, a story that he wrote on The Blaze. Finally, the feds, including ICE, appear to be investigating Elon Omar. Can you give me... Oh, wait. We need the Elon Omar theme. Do we have that, Sarah? I can't believe we didn't. I mean, this is a high, This is a highly rated, very well produced, buttoned up, mm-hmm. never make a mistake kind of show. That's us. How could this... <laughs> How could this happen that we forgot this brilliant piece of production? Ilan Omar. Ilan Omar. Ilan Omar. All right. With our Ilan Omar update is uh, David Steinberg. How, how are you doing, David? I was doing better. Before <laughs> that. Yeah, you think uh, that you no, think that cheapens this segment a little bit, or no, no, that, no. that was wonderful. Okay, I, I never heard it before. I'm, oh, I'm glad I uh, right. finally got a chance. Well, there uh, you go. Thanks for inviting me, sure. and uh, thank you also for running my uh, my update last week. Absolutely, I know. I know everybody's uh, been waiting. Well, everyone who's been following this story has sure. been waiting a while to hear this news. Yes, and uh, it was it was uh, satisfying to finally publish that headline. Okay, so tell me the story. Well, last year in uh, in mid October, uh, it, it actually uh, by coincidence it was the same day that Donald Trump was in Minnesota giving a stump speech. Uh, Steve Draskowski, who is the uh, the state rep in Minnesota, who who has been the only person over there trying to get some accountability, mm-hmm. he had made a complaint to the Minnesota the Minnesota branch of the Department of Justice, the, the U.S. attorney, saying, for goodness sake, somebody has to look into her past. There's just an overwhelming amount of evidence here. And surprisingly, he got a response. The deal, the deal, <laughs> how, how, how sad is that that you have to say? And surprisingly, they responded yeah. to this. Well, it was, it, was, it was rather shocking. Not only did he get a response, it, it wasn't a polite dismissal. The the current U.S. Attorney of Minnesota, uh, Erica McDonald, she is a Trump appointee, by the way, mm-hmm. to a 2018 Trump appointee. She she directed the FBI to review Steve's complaint, and then the FBI, uh, the special agent in charge at the FBI, who she had assigned, 
did meet with Draskowski. It was that same day Trump was in town and a few others. And he handed over a file of prepared evidence that they had uh, put together, some other information that um, uh, related to the, her finance charges that Steve was also involved with exposing earlier in the year, and some other evidence. And uh, the FBI, during the meeting, said, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, but wow, uh, <laughs> they, 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 they took it seriously. Yeah. And and said, you know, we have such a wide range of criminal activity here suggested by this evidence in these kind of cases, the FBI turns into a hub and coordinates sharing evidence among several interested departments. I want to I want to give the exact quote from your article Uh, following answers to those questions about uh, Representative Omar's 2009 marriage appear to give probable probable cause to investigate Omar for eight instances of perjury, immigration fraud, marriage fraud, up to eight years of state and federal tax fraud, two years of federal student loan fraud, and even bigamy. To be clear, the facts described perhaps the most extensive spree of illegal misconduct committed by a House member in all of American history. Wow. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, I've, that passage, I've run themes on that for a couple of years now. And uh, as you know, this has been covered solely by outlets like The Blaze, NPJ Media, mm-hmm. and Powerline. Yep. And not I think only really, ignored, that's are the three. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh, other people have followed up on it, uh, but it, it has been... Um, and, and Alpha News Minnesota, a small local outlet, got the ball rolling on this back in 2016. Now, uh, so this information—it's it, been a long wait because there was a much, there was enough information to open an investigation back before she was even elected in 2016 to her to her state seat. Now, uh, what I like to do is compare what was all, what was going on with the FBI at the time the evidence they used to open this investigation against Trump, uh, compare that evidence, which was George Papadopoulos in a bar yeah. uh, speaking to a foreign, uh, a foreign diplomat. Right. Uh, compare that to these dozens and dozens of verifiable uh, social media posts. We have documents, uh, legal documents from two different countries that can be verified. We have address records. We have uh, Ilhan's own comments to uh, an interviewer back in 2014. We have her husband's comments uh, that also corroborate all of this. This is just such a huge packet of evidence. And with what else is going on in the world today, look at what Adam Schiff's trying to uh, yeah. trying to trying to use as as grounds for impeaching the president. Meanwhile, take a look. All you need to know about the hypocrisy of what's going on today uh, in the Senate is to take a look at how Adam Schiff has treated the evidence against his colleagues. Okay, so you have the FBI playing as a a quarterback, if you will. They they gave part of this case to the Department of Education inspector general for uh, her her fraud on marriage and uh, how she was working the educational system. And then they also went to ICE. And they are saying that that, you know, she broke all kinds of uh, immigration uh, rules. Do you yes, th- 
Go ahead. A lot of people who who have been uh, who haven't quite been following it uh, are are discussing Ilhan being deported. Uh, that's not uh, the issue. At case the she came to this country at age twelve. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that was legal, and obviously I printed before that I think it was entirely fraudulent. That's not what we're looking at here. We're, we're ICE would be involved with her having a fraudulent marriage to a uk citizen she was 26 years old uh she had been a u.s citizen at that point for seven or eight years we're not talking about when she was 12 we're not talking about her getting deported i want to be clear about that yeah ice would be talking about a fraudulent marriage you wouldn't be uh, talking about deportation you'd be talking about possible jail time because of fraud correct Absolutely. Um, and do you do you see a world in which this stuff is actually handed down on a member of Congress? Uh, it, you know, this is I've talked about her as, as sort of the perfect test that came along both for the Democrat Party, for the media and for law enforcement. Uh, if they don't take action on this case. Yeah, what? What, then, the, uh, yes, well, what will they take action on? This is something that uh, seems seems like, you know, if they do open an investigation uh, in the morning, they they, they could uh, hand out indictments by lunchtime. Yeah. There's really not a lot of work left to do. It, the only work left to do is to subpoena these documents that I can't get access to, such as the, the school records of... Uh, of her husband, uh, Ahmed Elmi. Uh, he came over to this country in, uh, when he was a teenager and went to high school for a year. And from all I know, he lived, in, he lived with his father, Ilhan's father, for that year. And so the history goes way back. And I, I believe on their school registration forms, it'll mm-hmm. say, Father, Nurse Ayyad Elmi. Right. It was Ilhan's father. Right. I can't get my hands on those documents because he was a minor, of course. So just those those sorts of things that I can't legally acquire, that's all that's left to do. And those certainly won't take a lot of time to get their hands on because that's stuff that's uh, yeah. a simple. Yes, I, I think you said it best that you could mm-hmm. start it in the morning and by lunchtime you could hand out the indictments. I mean, it is oh. it, there's that yeah. th- that little of work to be done. All they have to do is make a phone call. You're and you're at a block. Right? You're at a block. Correct. Um, well, there, there's certainly more I can find to to completely. Uh, right. there, there's more I haven't published yet. I'll, I'll put it that way. Okay. But however, also at a state level, I, I pointed out that it doesn't matter who this person was. She perjured herself eight times while divorcing him. And that would be a state matter. So we, we have federal agencies looking at this right now. Hopefully, there will be some movement at the state level as well. Any idea in timing? And timing, I don't know. Uh, obviously, when you see law enforcement doing something, uh, when you see they're doing the job as expected, you, I don't want to antagonize them. Yeah. So obviously, this news, I published the news of the meeting last year. Uh, I waited three weeks after the meeting happened before I ran it. Uh, this news about the FBI being contacted, uh, I'm sorry, this news about uh, ICE being contacted and the Department of Education being contacted, this didn't happen last week. This happened last year in November. 
Mm. So I have been, uh, the last thing I want to do is be accused of stovepiping, essentially, handing information over to these agencies, calling the media and saying, hey, look, there's an investigation. Right. Which is, uh, ironically, that's what James Comey did, uh, you know, when they briefed the president <laughs> and, then, and then leaked it to the media that uh, there was something going on. Uh, David, I like, so, the, I like the way you work and I like the way you think and your work ethic uh, to prove it is, is uh, very rare in today's world. Um, we're talking to David uh, Steinberg. He is, was the New York City editor at PJ Media. Um, and if you ask Dave Bratt, it was his investigation of Eric Cantor in 2014 in the primary campaign that uh, uh, tipped that uh, that district into uh, a historic loss. And and some say it was the beginning of the Trump era and all because of of you, David Steinberg. Talk to you again. Thank you very much. Let us know when you have an update. Will do. Thanks, Glenn. God bless. David uh, Steinberg, you can follow him at Real uh d steinberg.com i mean the gall of the republicans in the senate i don't know if you know this yesterday but here is <laughs> this is what uh, uh mitch mcconnell tried to do oh i'm going to i'm going to put in the old rules from uh the the clinton impeachment cuz we all agree that was fair but then he went in and he tried to change one part of it which was you still have 24 hours to make your case, just like they did in Bill Clinton, but you have only two days to do it as opposed to three. So you got to work a 12-hour day, not an eight-hour day, because they say nobody's going to watch these things. Uh, that's what it was that was stopping people from watching it. That's mm. that's right. I forgot. It was just too long. People wanted to watch boring senators say things in yeah. eight-hour chunks. Yeah, they wanted 12. 48 hours, mm -hmm. uh, but they wanted it over six days instead of four. Mm. Uh, and Yeah, so, so they changed that, and thank goodness they did. Thank goodness they did, because the, the network TVs yesterday, they're already bailing on it. They're already talking about there's no interest in this. Incredible. Okay. Um, here's another thing that he's done. You ready for this one? Oh, no. <sighs> Impeach him for it, whatever it is. Okay. So there is, there is, you know, they're taking the old rules, okay, mm -hmm. and they're using all the old rules. <sighs> there's an obscure part of this that nobody was reading. Lawmakers on the Senate floor are only allowed to drink milk or water. <laughs> really? What do you? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's a horror show. That's terrible. So it's, and they're expected to do this for up to, you know, four or five weeks of just drinking water or milk. Thank God for edibles. Right? Mm -hmm. Right. And if you see anybody with anything but water or milk on the floor, you better call your local congressman because there's another impeachment uh, filing that you have to make. I got to tell you, if they said that to me, I would be baking cookies all night long, and then I'd come, and I would be selling the other senators cookies for their milk. 